Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. Hey, good morning, Connect Church. My name is Mason Williams, and it is so good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, I actually work at a church in California called Bayside Church. I'm uh, out here in Santa Rosa, and uh, if you don't know where that is, it's about an hour north of San Francisco. Uh, Gorgeous wine country. If you're ever going to make it out here, don't go to Napa Valley. Okay, that's the tourist trap. Head on out here to Sonoma County. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, But honestly, it is my pleasure to be with you guys this morning. Uh, Chris Flathers and I are are great friends, best friends. We've been friends for um, about the last 12 years. We met on like a preview day going into school at Colorado Christian University. Uh, And we've been friends ever since. And, you know, when I look back on it and try to think about the secret to our friendship, I think it's really simple. Uh, We were never roommates. And I think all good friendships end in becoming roommates. And so uh, God saw fit to keep us from being roommates. And uh, we've been able to be kind of partners in ministry ever since. And uh, Connect, I just got to say something. Um, I love you guys as a church. And I know you're going, we don't even know who this guy is. Uh, How could he possibly love us? And and here's what I mean by that. Um, I've been with Chris in this process as he uh, was, was dreaming up what a church plant would look like and ultimately uh, began to put into place what is now your church. And since the very beginning, uh, I've been joining with him in prayer and uh, kind of direction and, and guidance to to see where church was, uh, where Connect Church was gonna become and to see that you guys are, are now real and you're meeting and you're, you're impacting your community. I just have to say, uh, well done, keep going. God is with you guys. I actually got to visit uh, your area in Colorado right before COVID hit last year, like two weeks before everything kind of shut down. Um, I was out in Colorado and I just gotta say, God has something special planned for you guys. And it is so cool to be able to be with you guys here today, um, to be able to serve a little bit towards you and and bring God's word to you this morning. so I just want to say thank you for having me, and uh, I look forward to hearing more about your guys' future and, and hearing about the ways that you guys are bringing people to Christ. But hey, as you know, uh, and I should probably say this from the start, happy 4th of July. Uh, what a great day. If you're in church today, you're actually tuning in on the 4th of July, um, you get like a bonus points, bonus star, whatever you want to call it. Um, well done for being here on a holiday. And uh, as we all know, 4th of July, is a, it's a great holiday, right? We celebrate our freedom as a nation, our independence from Britain and taxes and all that kind of stuff. And ultimately, uh, we, we, you know, the, the phrase that we hear all the time, right, is this, we're the land of the free and the home of the brave, right? And 4th of July just feels like kind of the embodiment of that ideal that we are free. And today, as we're diving into this, pe- uh, this message, we're actually going to be looking at a little bit of the difference between uh, kind of American freedom and, and this idea of freedom in Christ, which is so, so important to us and to our lives. And, and I want to dive right in. I've titled today's sermon, How Do We Live a Freedom-Filled Life? 
And I'm not just talking about grilling up hamburgers today and uh, shooting up fireworks, which we're not allowed to do out here. Um, but hopefully you are and don't start any fires or anything. Um, but we're going to be going through Romans chapter 6. If you've got a Bible with you, I would encourage you to pull it out now. We're going through the whole chapter. There's a lot in here. There's a couple times where I'm going to be jumping around. So if you want to see kind of the whole context of that stuff, please pull out your Bibles. Join with me. Romans chapter, chapter 6 verse 1 says this. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Point number one is simple. And by the way, I have, uh, we, we love to do this out here at Bayside. We have kind of a, a three point system and we've got a bunch of sub points to that. Like we say we stick to three points, but then we add a bunch of little ones under with a bunch of fill-ins and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if you're somebody who likes filling in the blanks, um, I don't think you actually have a handout of this, but you can just go ahead and pull out a piece of paper and just start writing down. Uh, and you're gonna have all of those fill in the blanks up here. But the first one is this, we have to recognize who we are recognize who I am okay and this is so so important because Romans tells us that we are gods we belong to God and that is our identity right we are placed in Christ and we have a new life it says this in the continuing verses or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. This is huge. Okay, if you have not been baptized yet, I highly encourage you to talk to Chris, talk to somebody on staff and get into a baptism class or whatever you guys do out there, get baptized, okay? Because baptism it is really showing that you are placed in Christ. It is an outward uh, example of an inward reality. It's letting everyone know that you have made a decision to become a follower of Jesus and you're stepping into a new life. I've got this ring on my finger here. It shows that I am married, right? But when I take this off my, my hand, I'm not suddenly not married and then now I'm suddenly remarried again, right? This is just a symbol of the commitment that I made to my wife. And when we got married, right, we began our new life together. The same thing is true when you become a follower of Jesus. You are free from the old ways and you begin a new life with him. The second thing is this, we are crucified with Christ and we have a new freedom. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. That is huge. Because, and listen to this, anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Okay, when Christ died on the cross, our sins died with him. We, our old self, died with Jesus on the cross. And that broke the bondage of slavery to our old ways. We have a new freedom. And even uh, along with this, maybe even more importantly with this, is that we were raised with Christ and we have a new purpose. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. See, the, the crucifixion gets all the attention a lot of times. We talk about what Jesus did for us on the cross, but we forget that none of that actually matters without what Jesus did in the tomb by being raised from the dead. If Jesus, excuse me, just went and died on the cross, then he's just like any other person, but it was actually his victory over death where sin was abolished. 
And because of that, we now live with him and we have a new purpose. I, can I just say this? I work with students out here and one of the biggest things I see going on with students these days is a lack of purpose. And I just want you to know, I don't know who you are, who's watching this. I don't know what you're going through, what you've been through, any of that kind of stuff. I just want you to know, you have a purpose in Christ. God created you with a purpose. And guess what? Your purpose is different than my purpose. It's different than Chris's purpose or, or anybody else's purpose that you know. But you have a purpose and your life matters. Okay? You have a new purpose. And when you come to become a follower of Jesus, you get to live into that new purpose. You are free from the days of going I don't know who I am or what I am or what my role here on earth is. And the result is that of this is that we have a new lifestyle in Christ, right? We are dead to sin, alive to God, and we become instruments of righteousness. We have a new lifestyle in Christ. And I, I love seeing and hearing about the stories of people who um, probably on the outward uh kind of view of their life, have these radical lifestyle changes where it's like, I was this kind of person and then I met Jesus and everything changed. And maybe you don't feel like you have that story, but it, you, you do. When we meet Jesus, when we encounter Jesus, we can be free from the old ways of sin, the old habits, the old addictions, everything that pulls us down to live into a new lifestyle. The second thing to a freedom-filled life is to realize that I'm not condemned. Realize that you are not condemned because really that was the purpose of the law was to show us that we were not good enough. It says in, uh, in verses 14 and 15 here, for sin shall not be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are no longer, uh, sorry, because shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. So how are we free from the law? I think we, it, we frame it up simply like this. We have a change of allegiance. A change of allegiance. And, and Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And what the truth about sin is that sin, uh, it, it, it holds us down. It encapsulates us. And, and really, the law did the same thing to the Jewish people because it was a way of showing them that they were not good enough. And they spent their entire lives trying to be good enough to earn their way into the kingdom of God only to finally realize that it was impossible, right? And so when Jesus comes and we're offered uh, forgiveness, salvation, grace for free, there's a change of allegiance here from from the ways of sin, the ways of the law, to now the ways of grace, right? We are made righteous because of what Jesus did, not by because of what we do uh, under the law. And I think of it like this. I grew up here in the Bay Area. Uh, I'm a 49ers football fan, for better and for worse. Okay, don't boo at me right now. But when I moved to Denver, Colorado, I became a Broncos fan. And I moved out there right in the middle, uh, or right before kind of Tebow mania hit, okay? So I don't want to bring up any wounds with that. But when I, when I moved out there, I said, you know what? I'm born and raised a 49ers fan, but the Broncos are going to be my team too. 
right? And I began to switch allegiances and I began to say, I'm going to root for the Broncos. And then people would always ask me the question, what are you going to do when the Broncos face the 49ers? And I would always say 49ers because they're just, they're better. I'm sorry, but, but we are. Um, Broncos are great, but, 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 but you see what the problem is with that? is I began to hold on to two different allegiances, right? My allegiance to the 49ers, my allegiance to the Broncos, and I didn't let go of the old to embrace the new. And sometimes that happens with us in our relationship with Jesus where we go, you know what? Yes, I am a follower of Jesus, but I'm still gonna hold on to the old way of life. And God is like, no, 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 you gotta let go of that. You gotta drop the 49ers and embrace the Broncos, except that's not what he said. He said, you have to drop the Broncos and embrace the 49ers, okay? Come, join the dark side. We have a lot of Super Bowl rings, okay? Following Jesus is a change of allegiance, and it's a good one. It's a letting go of the past to embrace the new. The third thing is this. We remember the results of sin. I think remembering is something that we often forget, no pun intended. I actually preached on this with my students last night. The art of remembering is something that is just gone in our society. Think about it. We've got 10 second TikTok videos and you know, uh, six second other video. I mean, they're just everything is like, can I get your attention for three or four seconds? Because I know after that, I'm not gonna have it anymore. And sometimes I asked some of my students last night, I said, what'd you have for breakfast two days ago? And they just looked at me like, I have no idea. And I think we do the same thing, right? Like we, we were living in sin. We were far from God in uh, just a, a tough place. And we come to experience the love that Christ offers us, right? And we forget about the ways of sin. And then when it seems enticing again, we go right back to it. Like I know for me, like my sin of choice is, is anger, okay? Not justified anger, but, but the bad kind of anger. Why do I love that? Because it feels really good. It feels really good to, to feel justified inside myself and to be angry at somebody else and, and tell you why they're wrong and all that. And when I finally kind of, you know, have my come to Jesus moment and I come to Jesus and I say, that's not how he wants me to behave in the situation, right? And I, and I go, man, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't live in those angry ways. It messes with me. It messes with my life, my attitude for a few days. And then a couple weeks go by and the next opportunity comes up and I I forget the results of my sin, my anger, and I go right back into it. We have to remember the results of sin. Verse 16 in Romans says, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Ultimately, sin, it brings us slavery. It brings us slavery in uh, verses 17 and 18. But thanks to be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of the teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the controls of righteousness, right? Sin brings slavery. And I see this all the time. Guys, we live in a broken world. 
We live in a tough world. And, and I don't know where you are at today. Maybe some of you are battling with a hidden sin in your life. I don't know if it might be uh, an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction or pornography addiction or eating disorder or depression or whatever it may be. You might be, uh, you might be controlled right now by the slavery of sin. And just two examples of what, what sin's slavery does to us is that one, it takes me farther than I want to go. It takes me farther than I want to go. We see uh, in the verses there uh, this this ever increasing wickedness. Right? Sin is never like I was. I was talking to my students about this. Nobody ever wakes up one day and says, "You know what? I think I'm going to go kill somebody." Right? That's like almost never what happens. Or nobody wakes up and says, "You know what? I think I'm going to have an affair with my wife or on my wife." Whatever, however you want to say it. It's always these slow steps that get us there. And these slow steps get us farther and farther away from God, and it eventually takes us further than we ever thought we wanted to go. I've talked to people all the time who've had affairs, and they always say to me, I never thought I'd get here. But now that I'm here, I, I can't believe it. And the other thing that sin does is it becomes an obsession, right? It becomes an obsession. I think that one of, one of Satan's biggest tools in our lives is to actually get us to, to start, um, one, yes, to take these steps farther than we want to go, but then we become obsessed with the process. We become obsessed with the next high. Like we're just creatures of habit, always searching for something more. And that takes hold of us, right? And, it, and it, it takes hold of our, it ruins our families, it ruins our jobs, it ruins our friends, it ruins our or church community, whatever it is, like sin takes hold. And then it brings, like I said, slavery and it brings shame. Verse 21 says, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Shame is so huge. And um, I'm, a, I'm a big kind of proponent of, of realizing that, that Christ doesn't bring us shame. Sin brings us shame. Okay? And if you're watching at home right now, and you are, are, are battling with shame. I just want you to know there is freedom in the light. Talk to somebody about it. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going through, whatever is bringing you shame in your life. It could be money. It could be sex. It could be work. It could be uh, drinking alcohol, something you've done in your past. Maybe it was years and years ago. Maybe it's something that somebody did to you. I want you to know that shame is not from Christ. Freedom is. And Christ wants to overcome the shame in your life. Sin is what brings that shame, and it is not of Christ. And ultimately, sin brings death. A lot of you have probably heard of this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is freedom in Christ. And to live a freedom-filled life, we often have to let go of our old selves. And yes, we step into a new realm with Jesus, right? Where there are new things that we follow and a way to live life, but it is not to hold us back, but it's actually to free us. I always tell my students, I imagine following the, the, the commands of God like this. If you have ever played sports without rules or referees, you know that it's fun for two minutes and then it 
devolves into chaos, right? That was a foul. That was out of bounds. That shouldn't have gone this way. And everybody starts yelling at each other. The reason that sports have referees and have rules is so that the sport can have the freedom to operate in the way that it should. It's the same thing in our relationship with God. God gives us boundaries, gives us a way of life so that we can have freedom to live the way that he wants us to. When we, when we blow apart those rules and we, and we live in this, uh, really the American freedom of I can do whatever I want, we actually become slaves to sin. And it holds us back from being who God created us to be. And we have to cut ties with that. And I want to tell you a, a little story here about uh, kind of me and my life. Um, I grew up here in Santa Rosa, and, and some of you maybe have never heard of it before, and some of you might remember um, kind of a big event that happened here in, uh, in 2017. Um, at the time, I was, uh, I was living in a, a granny unit uh, at my grandma's house, ironically. She lived in the main house. I lived in the, in the granny unit. And uh, one weekend, my, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, we had gone on a trip down to San Diego to visit my sister at college. And when we came back that night, I had text messages from my family going, I have a safe flight, it's really windy, you know, be careful and, and all that. And, and as we were driving home uh, from the airport that night, um, we, we landed in San Francisco and we were driving north and uh, I began to see a fire off in the distance and I thought, wow, look at that's crazy, a fire. And as we got closer and closer to home, I realized that it was kind of somewhat near my parents' house on the east side of town. And so I drove over there and I woke them up and said, hey, you need to be aware there's, there's a fire coming. And so uh, my girlfriend and I now, you know, uh, we're like, there's a fire. We feel like we're gonna be up all night. So I, I went over to her place and we just sat up and we were watching all of this stuff, um, trying to get news on, on what was happening. And uh, I lived um, wet, uh, west of my parents but, but east of where my girlfriend lived. So I was kind of in the middle and the fire was on the, the east side of town, the east side of uh, Highway 101. And um, we were watching it and, and I had a friend that, that lived nearby, actually a coworker that lived nearby. And um, we, were, we were at my girlfriend's house at the time and, and he, he texted me and he said, the fire's getting too close, I'm evacuating. And if you haven't been following, I just wanna paint a picture here. Fire, my house, my coworker's house. He's here saying the fire's getting too close, which means, you know, my house surely is getting too close. And so immediately I call my grandma and, I, and I'm trying to get her to answer the phone and she's not picking up. And so I hop in the car and my girlfriend's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I have to go back and get my grandma. And so I start driving in and, and it was like a scene from an apocalyptic movie. Every single car was flooding away from me. Tree branches were falling from trees. I was swerving around them in the middle of the road and I turn onto my street and there are fires. Fence posts are on fire, front yards are on fire, wind is blowing, smoke is blowing. And I, and I drive up to my, my house at the time and I, and I park in the middle of the street and I, I run. So my, my granny unit was situated in the backyard to, to the, the main house and I go through my gate and I come around the back and uh, we had kind of a, uh, like a trellis and some vines and all this stuff going. And it was completely engulfed in flames. Completely engulfed in flames. And it was like a blowtorch was all I could hear, just this whirling sound of, of the fire going. And I immediately run back to the front and I, and I try the front door and the front door's locked and I didn't have a key on me. And so I run around to the other side of the house 
and, and part of the fence post is on fire, and I open up the door, uh, or the gate, excuse me, and, and the side door of the garage is open. And I think, thank God. So I run in, and I open the garage door, uh, and, I, and I try to the, the garage door into the house, and it's locked. And I know my grandma's inside, and the backyard's on fire. And I'm panicking, and I'm on the phone with my mom, and I look to my left, and on the wall is hanging a hammer. And I grab this hammer and I, and I start hitting the door and I punch the hole through the door and I reached in and I unlocked the door and I rush inside and I drop the hammer at this point. I get to the back bedroom where my grandma sleeps and I try the doorknob and it's locked. She's the safest person I've ever met. She locked every single door in the house. And I begin banging on the door. Going, grandma, 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 you have to wake up. And she wakes up. She opens the door. She's in nothing but a nightgown, no hearing aids, no shoes, no nothing. And I grabbed her hand and I said, the backyard's on fire, we have to go. And we rush out and there's embers blowing across the front of the church and everything's smoldering, or sorry, not the church, the house, everything's smoldering. And I, I got her in the car and we began driving to the church. We were up all night. It was the longest night of my life. And the next day, got in the car with some friends and we drove to the middle of our suburban neighborhood. Okay, we're not out in the middle of nowhere. We're in, we're in the middle of a, of a suburban neighborhood. Uh, and at that point, our house had been completely destroyed along with my entire neighborhood. In that fire, I think they said it was, um, I think it was 7,000 structures were destroyed. And all I had at that point was uh, my car and my overnight bag that I had from visiting my sister. Everything was gone. Everything. My grandma had a nightgown. Nothing else. And I tell you that story not to be dramatic. But what happened was everything from my old way of life was gone. In that day and in that moment, a new life began for me. It was a turning point. And I didn't choose it. Like if you came into my house and said, I need you to purge everything that you don't need, I would have kept a lot of stuff. But it was all taken from me in that moment. And then I realized what I actually needed. It was my relationship with Jesus. And honestly, it was the, the friends and family in my life that came around me during that time. And, and here's, here's why I bring this whole thing up. I moved into my parents' house for a few weeks. And then I, I moved into an apartment for, for six months, and then I moved from that apartment to another house. And when I moved from that apartment to another house, I needed a moving truck to move all the stuff that I had acquired from my apartment into that new house. It's so easy for us to begin to acquire things over time. Maybe you gave your life to Jesus 20, 30, 40 years ago, but you might have started to acquire the same sinful habits and problems as before. And we need to let go of those. We need to break off from the bondage of that which holds us back from a relationship with Jesus. And we need to live into the freedom that Jesus truly offers us. And if you're tuning in this morning and, and maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that if you would like to become a follower of Jesus, it is the best, most amazing decision you can ever make. 
ever. There is freedom in Christ. He wants to be in a relationship with you. All this stuff that I, I talked a lot about sin today. And here's the deal. Sin is gone in the presence of Jesus. It's gone. He doesn't care what you've done in the past. He doesn't care if you've been addicted to drugs or, or you, someone has abused you or you've abused someone, whatever it is. He's saying, right now, I want to be in a relationship with you and I want the former way of life to be gone because there is true freedom in living with Christ. I'm going to ask you, if you're at home, I know we're, you're, you're watching this online. Do me a favor. Would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? If you do not have a relationship with Jesus and you would like to start one today, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Would you join me in prayer? Lord God, I am ready to put away the old life of sin. And God, I'm ready to step into a new relationship with you. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, God, that you were raised again on the third day. And I, God, I might not know all the answers, but I am ready to start this relationship with you. If you prayed that prayer, and, and you've just made one of the best decisions of your entire life. And we want to celebrate with you. And I'll, and I'll tell you how we can do that in just a second. But everyone else that's watching right now, I want to pray for you as well. Let's pray. God, I just pray that we would live into your freedom, God. We would not get caught in the traps of sin. God, that we would not get caught in uh, the entanglement that comes with the obsession of sin, with the, the boundary breaking of sin, God, with the way that it hurts us. But God, that we, on this 4th of July, would not live into to American freedom, God, but would live into the freedom of Christ in our lives. And God, let that freedom unleash us to be your people in this community. God, we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Hey, I just want to say this real quick before I go. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I know that Connect Church would love to connect with you. I believe they have a connection card. Or you have a connection card. I don't know all the details, but we would love if you would just check that box that says, hey, I decided to follow Jesus today. Uh, Chris and the team, they want to get to know you. They want to take those next steps with you because that is the best decision you have ever made. Connect Church, thank you so much for having me today. Um, I've been praying for you guys. I wish you well.